This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, the podcast for podcasters. Stories told by everyday people as well as longtime professionals. Join a member of the APS team as they discuss the crazy world of podcasting. The only catch? We only speak to fellow podcasters. We will bring you the origin stories, the greatest hits, learning experiences, and the future goals of podcasts of all shapes and sizes. If you are listening to this, hopefully it will inspire you to start your own podcast, or it will inspire you to keep going and give you ideas on how to make your podcast better. If you have a podcast and want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com for more details. Welcome to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Now let's get into it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love that intro. I got, I'm not gonna lie, Jamie, I really do love that intro. That's the <laughs> first time I'm actually using it while recording because it is a brand new intro. So all the things we recorded previously can now be released because I finally have the intro. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution and I am your returning champion, Will Tarashuk, back for another riveting, exciting podcast. And my guest today is Jamie Gerke from the Touching Base PR Edition podcast. Touching Base is a motivating resource for all those looking to break into the public relations industry through fun and informative podcast episodes, including guests such as public relations professionals, founders, and more. Listeners will gain a better understanding of the PR industry and the steps to make their own mark within Jamie. I can say I've known a lot of PR people going to school at Hofstra University. But you know what? I've always asked the same question. What exactly is PR? So welcome. I'm very happy to get to ask you questions. And welcome to the podcast. How are you this evening? I am good. And I loved that intro as well. I just made a new intro for my podcast a few months ago. And once it came out, I was totally vibing with it. They're definitely so fun. And I am so excited to be on here and talk to you all about PR and podcasting. Um, And that was like one of the best intros I've ever been given. So thank you so much. Oh, of course. You're welcome. And shout out to Cube Recording Studios in Montclair, New Jersey. They are our partner who does all of our intros and editing if you need that kind of studio quality. If you're in the neighborhood and you need a studio recording quality, hit them up. And Ambiguous Podcast Solutions is where you can find all that place. But yeah, I was like, I, I want like, I want a funky beat that makes my head go like this. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, he really nailed it out of the park. So again, shout Definitely out to Definitely achieved it. For doing that. Um, so did you, did you make your intro yourself or how would you do it? So I did. I do all of this stuff on my own. I use um, Final Cut Pro and mm. I kind of wrote down a script of what I wanted to say beforehand, recorded it. Like I was tried to be like so happy and like, so like high pitched when I was making it. And then I kind of literally just found copyright free music and just kind of threw it under and called it a day. Hey man, that's, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I've done that multiple, multiple times for my podcast. And hey, copyright free is great. As long as it stays copyright free forever. Uh, but we're not here to talk about music or how people make music. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, but we're here to talk about PR. So tell me who you are, where you're from and how you got into the world of PR. Yeah, so my name is Jamie, and I am from Long Island, New York, born and raised. And then I currently work in athletic communications. I work at St. John's University, and kind of I'm in this program where I am a graduate assistant. So I work full time in athletic communications, but it's not technically a job, it's an assistantship. And in return for that, they pay for my master's degree. So I'm getting my master's degree in sport management Mm. in the time being. But I kind of stumbled into PR and I think that my story into PR is kind of a little bit crazy because my whole life 
there, I did not think there was any way I was going to end up in PR. I thought my entire life I was going to be a doctor and I was absolutely dead set on being a doctor. And then I got to college. I went to Binghamton university upstate New York Mm -hmm. and I got there and I did the first year of chemistry and biology and I struggled so hard. I was going to tutoring like three times a week and I just like was getting C's on everything. Um, And so then I came home that summer and I was like, I do not know what I want to do. And I just kind of started throwing out so many different ideas. I was like, well, I like math. Like maybe I'll be a math teacher. I was like, I, I like makeup. I could just become a makeup artist. And then I've actually been really fortunate growing up that my dad is the official scorer for the New York Knicks. No Um, way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you get, okay. Do you get free tickets? Um, we used to, we don't anymore, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. That's a, that's a crime. That's a crime. It really, it really is. So then when I was in high school, I was, um, kind of just hanging around one of the press rooms at MSG and it was during a New York Liberty game. And my dad kind of turned to the press director and was like, do you guys need more hands? And she was like, we always need more help. So that was actually like my first job was really working at Madison Square Garden, which is the coolest thing ever. I'm so Mm -hmm. fortunate to like have that opportunity, but I was doing sports PR there. And that was kind of what I do there is kind of just running stats and like handling media relations. But when I was going through this career crisis, one of my friends was like, Jamie, are you dumb? You love PR. You've been doing it for four years now. Like, why didn't you just do that? And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so then that's kind of how I stumbled into PR and kind of how I stumbled into sports PR as well. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. So what exactly is public relations? Like when someone's like, I do PR. And my first question is, what does that mean? What, what is it? So PR is definitely can be misconstrued in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. And especially now with marketing and there's the whole influencer sphere. It's totally, totally like no one really knows what PR is. So I think of PR, PR is the unpaid side of communication. So um, it's kind of, so if you have a newspaper, the best example is if you have a newspaper and there's a something written by a journalist in a newspaper about how they tried a product and they really enjoyed it, et cetera, et cetera that's free media. That was, you sent them a product, they reviewed it, they wrote it down. On the same newspaper, there could be an advertisement for a product that was paid for. No one reviewed that. It was just kind of paid for. Mm -hmm. So PR is kind of the free side and then marketing is the paid side. Yeah. I think of PR as it's like, it's always good news, right? Like it's your job as a PR rep is to make the company look as good as possible or an individual as good as possible, mm-hmm. highlighting the strengths. Am I, am I, am I, am I a hundred, how, how right am I on that statement? I think that's a hundred percent right. And the job of someone in PR is to kind of, I don't like the word manipulate, but it's mm. to kind of manipulate the media into getting you the best image that you can put out there. So a job of a publicist is to have positive relations with the media that way, say if a, crisis story breaks it's the job of the publicist to have a relationship with the media so you can kind of get to them before they break the story yeah we've all we've all heard it uh how can we spin this the key word there is is the spin 
And I, I do think PR reps can sometimes get a bad rap as just, like, how can you do PR for, like, like um, an oil company, right? Like, stuff like that, where it's, like, your job is just not to lie, but it's, like, like you said, kind of, like, to mislead. But, no, I mean, like, you know, even, like, the Gates Foundation, right? They do a bunch of charities. You know, Bill Gates gets a bad rap, too, and sometimes he deserves it. But he also does these good things, which a PR rep does need to provide. So I think a PR rep in general, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough job. Yeah, it's like kind of this weird in between where you don't want to lie, but I there's always some a way to spin something in a positive way. And I think that's the biggest thing that I even tell people that like want to work in PR is like your first step is spinning yourself into yeah. the person that a PR agency wants to see. I always say, "Oh, you um you worked at a camp while you were in high school and you want to put that on your resume?" Okay, you can kind of spin that around. You collaborated with parents mm-hmm. to provide them the best image of the camp. Exactly. Yeah, you manipulate you manipulate words. Exactly. Now, do you do you find it hard to sometimes like with I guess even even in sports, probably not so much. Unless it's the NFL. Oh, you know, the NFL. Um, <laughs> but do you find it hard where like sometimes you say, like, okay, morally, you know, this is what happened, but I gotta kind of present it in the best light possible. And how do you, right. how do you deal with something like that? So it's definitely this weird in between because like, and I think the best example is like when a team isn't doing well, you still have to put them out there. It's like, it's not your job to be the media. It's not your job to critique the team. It's your job to get the clear facts out there. Mm. And so I think of this a few weeks ago, I work for the St. John's volleyball team. And a few weeks ago, we're in the middle of a game and our team starts off the set really poorly. And it ended up being seven and oh, like, and we were on the O side. So we were at a timeout and I always tweet the score at timeouts. And I kind of looked at my coworkers who were sitting next to me and I was like, I can't push this out there. Like, there's no way to make that positive. Yeah. And so then when I'm writing a release after the game to send out to the media, it's like, how mm-hmm. can I say that they did this, but also try not to harp on that one? And you kind of really have to focus on getting out the best information and kind of just breezing over the parts that aren't so good. Well, couldn't couldn't you say that, listen, like in that particular instance, it is good PR because it's the truth. They're losing. Like sometimes you just can't sugarcoat it. And if you're like, again, I'm going to use like a more serious example. Like sometimes you can't sugarcoat something in your leaders, your response, the public will thank you for just for being honest right. as opposed to trying to spin it. Because you hear it all the time. Oh, there's, that's just, they're just, just for good PR. They don't mean it. It's like, well, sure. But if someone's like, listen, it's it, timeout, seven, nothing. They might not, they not think anything of it, but they definitely won't think bad about right. it. It's, and just, so, it's just the truth. The truth is always good PR, in my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of definitely something that, even I was in a class this semester because I'm also in a master's program and we were talking about crisis control and things like that. And it's kind of your job as a publicist. You want to be in control. You need to have, you need to provide the media with the facts so they don't go digging for it. Mm -hmm. You need to give them the information that they need to have. That way you're the one in control of the narrative. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We could go on and on about that, but I want to ask the typical trait of a PR app. Now I'm thinking structured, neat, on time, and like very friendly in like that that kind of realm. Definitely structured in like a very strict schedule. 
So like, is, is, the, is that true? Like, what do you think the typical traits of a successful PR rep are? So I actually do not think that a PR rep needs to be structured because okay. the job of PR is kind of around the clock. There's no, it's mm-hmm. not like a nine to five kind of job. I know there are days where I walk into my office at two o'clock and I don't leave until midnight. So the job is really, really different depending on every single day. Yeah. So I think the most defining trait, and I was talking about this in an episode with someone a few weeks ago, is there's this kind of personality around PR and you have to be very sociable. You have to be confident in the story that you're putting out. You you could be the most introverted person on your own, but you have to be extroverted for your client and you have to be personable with the media and friendly and communicative. And that's kind of the biggest thing. And I know like PR is under the realm of communications, but it really is so true that you have to be communicative because mm-hmm. that's kind of the biggest part of your job is communication. Do you consider it a lifestyle? I would. Well, yeah. Okay. PR is a lifestyle. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. I like that though. That's very interesting. How about, do you, do you consider them entrepreneurs in a way? Cause yeah, yes, they are. They have to, even if they work for a company, but can a PR rep work for themselves and be their own, I guess, one man firm or one person firm or something like that? Can, can, is that possible? Yeah. So there are definitely PR firms that are only run by one person. And I know mm. specifically this was a couple of years ago when I did one of my first PR internships, I was interning for a woman and it was her company. And then the only other people on staff were me and two other interns at the time. So she was really the face of this industry. And so it wasn't, she was really, the, she was the face of her firm. So it's really not just about at that point, PRing your clients. You have to PR yourself. Why am I the best person to serve you, et cetera. Right, right. And I think like, that's kind of almost the hardest thing about being in PR is your own personal brand. And I know when I went through a podcast rebrand a few months ago, And I had to hire someone to help me with graphics and our branding book because I simply like, I could not figure out, like I come up with brands every day for people. I tell everyone else's story and I could not tell my own story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, well, oh, see, that would drive me crazy because like the only reason I podcast is to tell my stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like this one. I say this all the time this podcast. I podcast for personal growth. This one is so I can, you know, I can get to know podcasters, what they do, why they do it. My other one's a wrestling one where it's just like, I love to talk about wrestling. Still very personal. I'm telling my own stories. So do you use your podcast to tell your own stories? Even because if you, if you can't do it in your professional life, you might as well do it on your own podcast. Yeah. And I definitely use my podcast in that way. The way I kind of structure my podcast is I spend about the first five minutes And I talk about a personal and professional highlight from my week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of, my podcast is focused entirely around interviewing other people in PR. And that was also my biggest thing when I was coming up with the concept for my podcast. I was like, I don't think I could sit down and just talk to a camera for 40 and talk to a microphone for 40 minutes. Like, I just don't think I would be able to do that. And so I was like, I want to have a podcast, but I want it to be sustainable. And I know. I could talk to a microphone for maybe 20 minutes every once in a while, but I definitely couldn't do it every week. It's hard. It's, it's for me, some people it's very easy for me. It's very hard, but I will tell you, if you want to get better at podcasting is in general and touch yourself up as a host, try it. Just, just try it. Don't, don't even, you don't even have to release it, but at least try it, listen to it. Cause that's how you're going to get better. That's gonna make you better with your guests. You're going to think about different things. 
So like I'm I'm doing it. I haven't released any of them yet, you know, knock on wood. But I'm doing it. I recorded about eight of them. I took a little bit of a break, but I'm going to go back to it. I'm doing it because it's difficult, because it's going to make me better. Consider I'm doing it for my own PR. <laughs> Hyping myself up. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely the biggest thing. And it's with everything, it's practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So you're looking to go into a career in uh, PR and social media with a focus in athletics. So why why athletics? Why like I know you, your dad worked at M, at works at MSG. Um, super jealous, by the way. By the way, that's really cool. Um, but why did you want to work specifically in athletics? I mean, athletes always need good PR. Sports teams always good need, need PR. I mean, everyone needs good PR. But what, what made you want to go specifically into um, athletics and any specific sport? Yeah. So I definitely think that working in sports is kind of this every day is so different and so unique because some days are game days, some days aren't game days. And with athletics, like everything is constantly changing. And especially with college athletics, I work in so many different sports that my day is so different every day. And I'm definitely the type of person that I'm cannot sit still. So that was kind of what drew me into sports PR. And then my major focus one day, like I'm in I'm in athletics right now doing college athletics, but one day my goal is to have um, my own PR firm that's structured just around athlete branding and like a personal brand and kind of focusing on the influencer marketing sphere as well. So this is kind of just like my stepping stone into that. Mm. No, I think that's, I think that's very smart. So you have a magic wand. Dream job. You get it tomorrow. No questions asked. What's the job? So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely having my own firm, but I also, I always think it'd be so cool. I would love to one day work for the Yankees in socials. Um, And this is a story I always like to tell people is that one day I'm going to go into a Yankees interview and they're going to ask me, oh, is there anything else like you want to add? Um, at the end of an interview, because they always ask that question. And I'm going to tell them, I, most, some people can say, oh, I was born for this role, but I truly believe I was created for that role. And I say that because it's actually so funny. My brother and I are a year and three months apart, a year and three days apart. And everyone asks me, how did that happen? And I was conceived the night the Yankees won the world series in 1998 so that is my claim to fame. That is, I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into an interview with the Yankees and I'm going to tell them I was created for this role. I'm going to cut that. That's a great clip. <laughs> that's amazing. Cause me being a huge Yankee fan, that's incredible. 98. That was a hell of a year for yeah. the Yankees. That's for sure. I was three years old. I don't remember, but I've seen, I've seen the highlights. Um, all right. So podcasting. I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, like I go to a networking event and they, I, I'm talking to like, you know, lawyers, real estate people, doc, whatever, whatever industry they're in, they go, why should I have a podcast? I go, a podcast is a voice for your brand or business. A podcast is literally PR for your business. So talk to me about the relationship between um, public relations and how a podcast can be used in public relations. Yeah, so the podcast part of PR and what a podcast is. So I think that so much of PR, like I've been saying, is um, it's free media. And it's kind of 
how are you telling a story? And I think that's the thing with a podcast is a podcast is telling a story. A podcast is saying, this is what I have. This is what we can provide. And the great thing about a podcast is that you can do it for free. And so a podcast is a way for a company owner to kind of say, this is my story. This is what we're doing. And this is why you should listen to it. And I think that especially with something like a product, people don't really just buy products anymore. People want to know why am I buying this product? And I think that's why influencer marketing works as well, because there's a story around the product. People are buying into stories now. They're not buying into, oh, it's, I can buy a makeup brush or something. They're asking the story of why. And that's what a podcast is doing. A podcast is telling the story. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever bought something like off that was advertised on a podcast or a YouTube channel? So I definitely feel like I have. And I was big into the YouTube beauty guru scene back in like Mm -hmm. 2013. That was like how I kind of got started with um, building a personal brand around myself. I made makeup videos back in like 2013. And so I definitely started buying products just based on what everyone was telling me to buy. So I definitely think it works. And I feel like I am like a prime example of that it works. Well, it definitely works. Now, Mm. someone was telling me not too long ago that like the buy rate on ads via podcasts is pretty high in comparative Mm -hmm. to other forms of media. And I'm thinking to myself, why? So I, then I go, okay, well, what did I buy off a podcast? I bought Raycon earbuds. I needed Bluetooth earbuds and they're a phenomenal product. You know, I bought like shampoo or a, a razor for my beard that needs trimming, right? Like stuff like that. But I'm thinking, okay, why did I buy these things? Well, yeah, because it was advertised me on a podcast, but because I trust the person on that podcast, I listen to that person. I feel like I know that person. 100%. I feel a connection with that person. And that's just, as you say in the business, it's good PR. Exactly. And I think what is so also that the ad rate on podcasts is so high because I think partially it's due to, so if you're watching a YouTube video, nine out of 10 times, you're able to click the little skip button and skip the ad. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy and so convenient. And I think that most people listen to podcasts in the car while they're driving. Mm -hmm. And it is so inconvenient to have to scroll over to your media tab, find like the 30 second skip button, skip through, but you have to listen to some of the, some of the ad because you're not going to get it perfect. So I definitely think that's part of it. Is that something, it's something you can't skip through, but I also think that podcasting because it's something that we've been able to integrate into our lives it's not as much of a commitment as watching a youtube video because it's something like i can just have playing in the background it's like you really feel like you're becoming friends with that person you really feel like you're creating a conversation with that person and so it makes that person seem almost more credible than just watching someone on youtube yeah they, they feel they feel you feel like you trust them Exactly. Like, it's like literally like we're talking right now into this microphone. This is going like I'm wearing headphones. If you're wearing headphones, my voice is going straight into your ears, directly into the brain. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a very different form of media where if you're watching TV you're on your phone, you know, you got a you got a you got a pill medication. You got a medication because Big Pharma loves ads on TV. Like, you know, you're not going to buy it because there's side effects that going to make you blind. Right. Whereas a podcast is like, oh, me undies. Well, crap, I kind of need some undies. What do you know? Yeah. A promo code, 15% off my first order. Let's do it. Right. It's just, and that, and that's all part of 
what a podcast can be for a business or a brand. So when you're when you're doing PR, um, for well, so okay, let me ask you this: Do you are you pushing or have you pushed for St. John's in your in like your department to start a podcast? Like, does the does the St. John's communications department have a podcast network? So they actually used to have a podcast. Um, I know the athletic communications had one last year, kind of before I started. And then the interesting thing about the athletics offices is that majority of us are graduate assistants. So there are full-time staff members, but so many of us that just like exist in the department are graduate assistants. So there's so much turnover Mm -hmm. every two years, every year people turn over their positions to new people. And so it's definitely something that I would love for the athletic communications department to bring back their podcast. But in order to do that, I need to like do my own research on what they used to do first and kind of Mm. pitch my own spin on it and how Mm. we're going to do it. But I definitely think that it is something that every brand should have if they have the resources to do it. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. All right. So let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about your brands and what you do outside of um, your regular nine to five job. So how did you get the idea to start your podcast, Touching Base, PR edition? So was it your idea? Was it someone else's idea? Tell me through the Mm -hmm. origin story. So it was probably about a year and I was like, I really want to have a podcast, but Like I kind of said earlier, I don't think I could talk to a microphone for that long. I just don't think I would do it. I don't think it could be sustainable. At one point, my mom and I were like, maybe let's start a podcast. But then I was like, what would we talk about every week? My friend (laughs) Becca and I were like, let's start a podcast. And she was like, what should we talk about? And I was like, honestly, I don't know what we would talk about every single week. And so then quarantine kind of happened. And I think so many people kind of started their own endeavors during quarantine because we all had the time for it, Mm -hmm. but quarantine kind of happened and it was literally the middle of July. And I was like, I really want to have a podcast. I just, I was like, so many people started asking me questions about PR because my school didn't have a PR major. So everyone saw me kind of doing PR and they were like, well, how are you doing it? And people started asking me questions about so many different aspects of PR. And I was like, well, maybe I could talk about that in a podcast. And then I was like, oh, well, I connected with so many people in PR already. Maybe I should just, I was doing informational interviews like for myself. And I was like, well, maybe I should just broadcast those. And so then it was literally a Thursday And I walked around my entire house and I was like, does anyone have a microphone? And everyone in my house looked at me like I was crazy. They were like, why would we just have a microphone? (laughs) And I was like, all right, so no one has a microphone. I went on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. I found a microphone that would be there on Saturday. And I said, okay. And then I started an Instagram account for my podcast. And I came up with the name Touching Base PR Edition because I felt like so many times in PR when I was um, pitching people, I was always saying like, hey, I just wanted to touch base with you on this. And so I came up with the idea touching base because I'm like, I'm going to be touching base with people in the PR industry. So that was where that touching base came from. So I made this Instagram account. I made a really, really crappy um, little episode logo cover and I posted it on Instagram and I said, episode coming Sunday. And so then I spent Friday kind of writing down a little bit of a script for what I might say in this episode 
microphone came on Saturday. I sat down, recorded this little five minute trailer. And the next thing I knew, I had a podcast. It really is that easy. Like, it really I, is. I, I like, I like, like, I love asking people what their origin story is. Cause it's like, damn, it's, oh yeah, it's so much easier than mine. Um, so I started in February, 2015. It was around my birthday. It was like a few days before I turned 19. Um, I recorded my first episode incorrectly, by the way. Um, well, it wasn't incorrect. I didn't. Have, so my computer wasn't strong enough to handle Adobe Audition. So the audio was skipping. So it was, I was so bummed. I almost quit. I almost quit then and there. But you know, it really, it really is that easy to start a podcast. Now, was were you surprised that it was that easy? Were you expecting it to be harder? I think I was expecting it to definitely be a little bit harder. I was like, wait, you're telling me I can just upload audio to this website and all of a sudden my podcast, my voice is going to be on Spotify. I was like, that makes zero sense. But all right, if you're telling me that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, I think it's like this thing where like I made YouTube videos for a while before I started podcasting and I was making these YouTube videos and they go on YouTube and then you hope someone sees them. But with podcasting, it's like you make a podcast and all of a sudden it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, like it's all over the place. And I feel like it's just kind of, it's so different. It is, it is a different medium. And like, all right, as a PR rep, let me ask you this, because my, my, one of my philosophies, I have many philosophies on podcasting, but one of them is that everything needs to be everywhere always, which means everything, everything you create needs to be in many places possible as often as possible. Yes. So like with a podcast, you know, it's on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, you know, I know you use Anchor. Um, do you now Anchor doesn't give it everywhere? Like I know I distribute my podcast manually. We create our RSS feed to distribute manually to twenty five plus different places worldwide. I think Anchor gives you seven or eight. But I know Anchor yeah. doesn't, Anchor doesn't go to Stitcher, which really annoyed me. But you can but then you can take the feed and manually submit mm-hmm. it to Stitcher. So at least they give you that option. Um, but it gave me the idea that exclusivity is dead. Like there's no such thing as exclusive unless you're Joe Rogan. Oh. A hundred percent. If I have, if I open up a news article and it is like, oh, you have to subscribe to this site. I'm like, I guess I'm not reading this news article. Yeah. Yeah. It's because like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was finding a podcast. Um, but especially with social media, like, like, um, do you, do you, do you do video for your podcast? So I, it is something I've considered, but I am the biggest advocate of like, if I wouldn't watch it. I don't want to publish it. And I cannot, if I see podcasters like on YouTube all the time and I like see these videos and I'm like, there's no way I'm just going to sit through a 45 minute video of you talking. Like I need to see other things going on. So I do not do video just because it's not something I would personally watch. That's fair. I mean, I don't, I force myself to watch these. So I'm like, we're recording this on Zoom. I got to throw into our graphics package afterwards. I got to watch it again for clips. I got to watch it again for this. I'm going to end up watching this back like five different times. Mm-hmm. I'm just so numb to it at this point. But back to my point about exclusivity, because one thing I deal with is live streaming. Uh, like eventually, you know, this podcast is going to be live. I have the capabilities to do it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a pain and I need to make it, I almost have the capabilities to do it. But when you go live, you know, I want to go to LinkedIn. LinkedIn wants you to go there exclusively. If I go, want to go to Twitter, Twitter wants me to go there exclusively. Mm-hmm. Facebook, they want you to go there exclusively. I'm just like, you guys don't understand that 
that's not how new media is. Podcasting is the newest media where everything is available everywhere and it's shared everywhere. And if you're going live in one place, you got to go everywhere because that's where the people are. The people are literally mm-hmm. everywhere. Exactly. And exclusivity is so dead. I even remember I, so with athletic communications, there's so many different platforms that you can go ahead and put your um, game streams on. And I know like some, like with us, our basketball games get streamed to Fox. That's Fox does that because we have a decent basketball team, but our other sports, we're kind of responsible for pushing them out. And we kind of get to choose where we want to broadcast them out to. And so everywhere. sometimes we pick ESPN three and then we have, so we have a partnership with ESPN three, but then our athletic conference has a partnership with flow sports, which is another streaming platform. And then some schools choose to do it on their own. And it gets to a point where I'm like, why am I on so many different streaming services to watch a volleyball game in four different places? I'm like, I just, it gets to a point where I'm like, I don't want to just watch these games anymore. Like, I don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, put YouTube. It's free. Exactly. Mm. So um, do you have any any podcast inspirations for your podcast? Like, do, do any, like any, anyone you draw inspiration? Like, I draw inspiration from Joe Rogan. I draw inspiration from a wrestling podcast we listened to since day one. Any inspirations for you? So I definitely, when I started listening to podcasts, mostly I started listening to the podcast gals on the go, which is two YouTubers and they started making this podcast. And at a certain point, there was just one of the girls on the show and I just can't stand her anymore. So I only listen to the solo episodes for the other girl now. Fair enough. Um, or when she's like interviewing someone else, I'll listen to it. Um, I'm a big, I'm very into, um, YouTube influencers who then make podcasts because I'm, I'm so invested in like the influencer sphere and I really love influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts that, um, influencers put out. Um, and so one of the ones I love is, um, I love you so much with Kenzie Elizabeth. And what I love about her podcast is that she does interview so many other guests. It's like not your typical influencer podcast, mm-hmm. but she also then integrates being an influencer and she'll do like, influencer book club every month where she'll have another girl on and they'll talk about a book that their audience could have read or she'll integrate parts of being an influencer, but it's mainly focused on interviews. And that's kind of really what I'm into because I really, I I'm this person where I cannot do the same thing over and over again. And that's why I have to listen to podcasts that are like just based on interviews because I get bored listening to one person. And you, you learn a lot by listening. Now, do you, do you consider yourself an influencer? So I do and I don't. So I started making YouTube videos back in eighth grade. And I, at that point, I was telling myself, I am an influencer. That is who I am. And at a certain point, it was like, I wasn't an influencer that I wasn't making money off of things. I wasn't really getting a lot of brand sponsorships. It just like wasn't a thing that was happening. And I was like, can I really call myself an influencer if I'm not influencing people to buy things or do things or whatever like I think that's where the whole term influencer came from so I do consider myself an influencer because I think that's so much of what I do is what people associate with influencers with podcasting YouTubing doing all those things but at the heart of who I am I think I'm really a content creator and a storyteller yeah okay I feel the exact same way 
There are people out there, Jared, I'm looking at you. Jared, I'm looking right at you in the camera who want me to be an influencer. And I'm just like, that's, it's so not me. Hey guys, Will here. You know what I mean? Like his <laughs> new product. That's, that's not me. That's totally not me. Now, I don't have a problem being influential. If I influence you to start a podcast, you know, that's great. Exactly. But am I an influencer? I don't want, I don't want that responsibility. It's not, it's not my job to raise your kids. <laughs> you know right. I mean? There's just, it's like, there's so much talks around what is an influencer, what is not an influencer. And the term influencer gets thrown around a lot. And I think oftentimes it's getting thrown around in a negative way. And mm-hmm. I was writing a paper yesterday on um, name, image, and likeness rights for college athletes. And now college athletes are allowed to profit. And I think we're going to see a lot of college athletes in the next few years start to become influencers and start to see what they're doing. Oh, what have we done? (laughs) I mean, continue. continue. I mean, I really think like at the heart of it is being genuine, creating a story. And I think that that's something I'm like, I tell college athletes, I'm like, for so long, being a college athlete was guarded because people weren't going on social media and sharing, hey, this is what my life is like as a college athlete because they couldn't profit off of it. And so I think that athletes need to start, athletes can start profiting off of themselves just being natural, sharing their lives. People are going to want to see that. And as long as they stick to the idea of this is who I am, I'm just sharing my story. Yeah, you can throw in brand sponsorships here and there, but they have to be authentic things that you use every day. It has to, it has to be an authentic partnership. Otherwise no one's going to buy it. And I think if you're telling an authentic story, that's, what's going to keep you as a storyteller. That's what's going to keep you as a content creator. But then we kind of end up in this sphere a lot of the time where people take on too many brand deals and it's not authentic anymore. They lose their credibility. And that's what, that's why the modern day influencer, I think, is kind of dying. I never, I never even thought of that, that college athletes are going to become influenced. Now they can make money off their brand. It's like, oh, you're just opening the door to literally make them like anyone else who's an influencer. I was like, oh, they can sell, they, you know, they, they can make money off their t-shirts. They can t-shirts. sell merch. They can do right. this, et cetera. But it's a, it's a whole nother world that I was just like, oh, duh. And it's this idea of when it first came out, so many athletes were like, oh, I play volleyball at a small division one school. I can't make any money off that. Only football players are going to make money. And I'm like, oh, but you can. It's like, start start a podcast. Start a podcast. (laughs) Start a YouTube channel. Dance on TikTok. Do something. Yeah. Now now you can. Now you're allowed. Go ahead. It, it's it's capitalism at its finest. Go make it work. You can't make the money. If you say I can't make the money, guess what? You're not going to make the money. Exactly. And that's what a lot of college athletes, they thought, oh, July 1st, I can make money? All right, payday is coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, no. Unless you are a major athlete that is going to be like the number one draft in, the number one draft pick one day, you ain't selling merch. You're not selling um, your skills. You have to sell something else, sell who you are. And that, that takes effort. Yeah. I mean, they might, they might, might make a little bit. It's not going to be enough to like pay off their loans, but they, right. you know, they might, well, that's they're on a ride, but they, they might make something, but you're right. The most successful ones are the ones who are going to be successful anyway. It, it really is just making them earn money faster, which, Hey, 
I fully support. Like I'm, I'm, I was so glad that law passed that now they can make money off their name because the NCAA, you know, God love them. I love their college sports. Mark Rennes, I'm there first. But, you know, you're stealing money from these kids and exploiting these kids. Now they get, now they get a chance to make some back. And like you said, it's an opportunity. And you're going to see a lot more influence. Isn't that a good or a bad thing? We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, you know, money will be flowing. So let me ask you, with your podcast, is it more of a passion project or a business? It can be both, but it's not 50-50. It leans one way or the other. So right now it is a passion project. I am hoping one day that it is a business, but not because I don't want it to be a passion project, but because I want to expand beyond just a podcast. And because I'm in this space where it's PR and I'm kind of inspiring people with their PR journeys, I want to be able to provide more resources and I want to be able to have panels and mentorship programs and things like that, where it's going to end up one day looking more like a business on how to get into PR. Mm -hmm. But I always think at the heart of it, the podcast is going to be this passion project. How long do you think you're going to continue to podcast? It's a really good question. And I honestly, I don't know because there's some days where I'm like, I don't know if anyone wants to talk to me anymore, but then there's some days where all of a sudden I'm pitching people and everyone's like, oh my God, yes, like, let me be on your show. So it's like kind of, it, that answer changes every single day. It's going to have the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, but hey, you've made it this far. Like most people would have quit by now because you started during the pandemic. Most people did quit by now. They're gone. They're not coming back, but you're still right. here. So that means something. Now, actually, it's a question I've never asked before. This came to my head. Mm -hmm. especially in a communications and PR realm, a podcast for an employee can be a liability. Yes. If you were offered a job, but you had to give up the podcast, would you do it? I would not. And I think that I am the type of person where telling a story and being my own brand has been some part of me for so long. And it's, it's what has shaped me into the PR professional I am today. And if I didn't know how to tell my own story, I wouldn't be able to tell anyone else's story. So if any company asked me that and told me I couldn't tell my story anymore, I would say that I can't tell your story. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that a lot, especially for me, you know, starting ambiguous podcast solutions. You know, it's a risk. It's always a risk starting a company, especially as such with goals as lofty mm -hmm. as ours. But I couldn't do this at a full-time job that I have on the table. And I am leaving a lot of money and a lot of benefits on the table and be able to do this. Because to me, podcasting is priceless. So yeah. I respect the hell out of that answer because it's not easy and you got to stick to your guns and you got to do exactly what you want. And the fact that you're starting out as a passion project in hopes of becoming a business, even if it's a secondary income, that's still a business. Every podcast is a business, whether you know it or not. A very smart man once told me that. I believe it was on mm -hmm. his podcast. So I, I, I applaud you on that one. It's not, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely that this thing that we're seeing now where a lot of people are starting YouTube channels or they're starting podcasts and they're like, I'm going to make money right away. And then they nope. don't make money right away. And then it fails. It takes a long time. And it takes time. It takes and a long time. Once you've invested so much time and so much energy and so much research into it, I just, I wouldn't be able to say like, I'm going to stop this just because you want me to. Yeah. 
I mean, it's hard, but you know, it's it's supposed to be hard. Like yeah. starting a podcast was easy, but it couldn't have been all easy. What was the hardest part of getting started? The hardest part of getting started is definitely, I think, just doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, like we've already kind of said, making the episode, getting it out there, that was easy. Easier than you think it would be. But actually getting up there and saying, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to order this stuff. This is what we're going to do. That's the hard part, the conceptualization of it and the putting it into your head that it's something that's going to happen. And that's my biggest thing. I'm like, if you want to do something, just do it. If it fails, it fails. But at least you said you tried. Yeah. I'd say be careful. <laughs> if you're going to do it, be careful. Um, so what what challenges do you have today? What's, what's, what's one of the hardest parts of doing a podcast at this very second? Yeah, definitely it's finding guests to record with and then scheduling with them and Especially I interview a lot of PR founders and a lot of brand CEOs. And so they have time in their day to be like, yep, I want to record at noon. And I'm like, well, I work a full-time job. So I actually can only record with you after um, 5 p.m. So can we do that? And then I find a lot of people, it's just so hard to schedule with them just because my job is so unpredictable. And some days I get out at 4.30 and then some days I get out at 8 p.m. And there's so much unpredictability with my schedule that it's so hard to actually find time to sit down and record with guests. And so I found myself in the past few months, there's been times where I've skipped a week of an episode or we're actually kind of on a little bit of like a six week hiatus right now where I was like, I just need to sit down, take the time to actually find guests and record with them and then come back stronger than ever. And it's just recognizing that, yeah, you can pause, but then you'll get back right up. You'll get back up on the horse. There's nothing wrong with doing a season format. Um, a lot, yeah. I've spoken to a lot, like, that's something I never thought of with the podcast. Cause I was like, oh, all the podcasts I know are, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, um, well, they just kind of do it whenever, but a season podcast is something that was very new over the past few years. that really took me by surprise, especially with how popular they are. Mm-hmm. Season podcasts is just like, well, okay, it's, it's traditional media. Sure. Um, but I, I, I just keep thinking of podcasts as new media. It's just, it's just, it's something completely different that people don't fully understand because it's, it's hasn't been around long enough. Okay. It's been around, podcasts have been around since 2006, if not earlier. But it's still a developing space. So, I mean, season podcasts, seasons format is definitely something you can do, but you got to keep an audience engaged in between seasons. Exactly. And that's where social media kind of comes into the play and PR on its own kind of comes into the play. You don't have these episodes to promote anymore. So what are you promoting in the downtime? Yeah, you did. That's a natural transition, but I do want to backtrack one quick second. Now, if you're having trouble finding guests, why not students? PR students at St. John's. Yeah. And so there's definitely this weird balance between that and then interviewing people that are already established. And I feel like when it comes down to interviewing PR students versus interviewing established people, it's kind of this, they're very different formats. Mm -hmm. And so I really haven't explored the student realm yet. And it's definitely something that I want to do, but I think in the beginning stage of the podcast still where I'm kind of my show is supposed to be kind of inspiring people to get into PR and I have these people sharing their tips. I feel like it would kind of be a weird transition right now, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely something I want to explore in the future. 
No, I understand, I understand that. You know, but if you have if you have a trouble finding guests, you know, maybe it's time to expand a little expand. bit. Because if I, if I was interviewing a PR student for a podcast like yours, I'd be like, okay, what are your classes like? Do you feel like they're helpful? You know, I've spoken to PR agents. Here's how they use it in real life. Like, you are helping the students and people who are listening can still be inspired to go into PR. Exactly, so yeah. A high school student is listening. I'm a senior in high school. I want to do PR. Oh, here's a student at St. John's. I got into St. John's. Ooh. Or, you know, reverse it. You have a perspective from a student. You go back to a PR professional and go, hey, this is what students are learning in school. Is this applicable to your real life? Yeah. You know, like they, they can work very much hand in hand, but I totally understand that you want to stick, stick to the script. Um, but, you know. But it's always you know. good to branch out and it's always good to try new things because even like I just said, it's, if you don't try it, you'll never know if you could have done it or if it would have failed. Yeah. You'll figure it out. I have confidence. You'll figure it out. But Thank you did, you. Me- you did mention social media. Um, so, cause social media is PR a thousand percent. Social media is essentially just, PR with a with a mouthpiece. Yes. So talk to me about what PR is like for your very own podcast. So for my own podcast, I've definitely struggled a lot with social media and struggling with what I want to put out and what I want to do. Um, in the current place that we're out, I post in episode graphic every week with like a picture of our guests and kind of talk a little bit about it. And then my other main thing is Um, something that I do where I say it's hashtag tip Tuesday and I kind of share um, a quote from the guest that week. And then the other, I always post the graphic, the tip Tuesday graphic. And then I post kind of two more photos in between um, just to break it up. And so it looks kind of like a checkered board on my feed, Mm. but um, those two posts can be anything from, here's a guest we had, this is what they're doing now. Here's what I'm up to. This is what PR looks like for me. And that's definitely something that I'm looking to expand and work on is that I want to um, integrate more video and I want to integrate more of the actual podcast into the social media platform. Whereas currently, like right now, it feels like it's just about me. But um. PR for podcasts and social media for podcasts is I think the easiest way for someone to get the word out right away that they started a podcast because there's hashtags. And if you know how to kind of work the algorithm a little bit, you can gain followers pretty quickly and you can create a pretty niche audience right away. Mm -hmm. And then I also use social media to pitch guests where I reach out to guests on their own social media. And I'm just like, I reach out to companies and I'm like, hello, is there anyone like from your company that would want to talk to us. I reach out to people that have established PR social medias and I'm like, Hey, do you want to come on and talk? And so I kind of use PR as my, I kind of use, I use social media as my pitching tool and I use social media to promote my show, but I always think there's room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. I bet you're very successful on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, but I need to use LinkedIn more. All right, so which which platform is the most effective? Instagram right Instagram, now. Instagram, yeah. Young people, yeah, Instagram. I love Instagram. I don't love it. I love the memes on Instagram. I use Instagram to, for two things, sending memes to my friend and texting my girlfriend. That's it. That's all I use <laughs> it for. The occasional obligatory post like, hey, here's my beer or whatever. Um, so what? which platform is the hardest to manage? 
Um, so right now I kind of really only do Instagram and then I post things on like my personal LinkedIn about the show. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, if I have a really good episode, I'll post it on my personal Facebook for people to see. But I think Instagram is definitely the hardest platform to manage. And I think that this is for literally everyone because Instagram changes every single day because Instagram is this platform where they are just a copycat platform of every other platform. Mm. It was, um, you know, reels started because people were going over to TikTok. Um, stories started because people were posting Snapchat stories. Instagram just pulls everything from other platforms. And so every day on Instagram, it might be, oh, your feed is chronological now. Oh, no, it's not chronological anymore. We're actually just going to promote creators that use these new tools. But actually, um, if you take your TikTok and then you post it on Instagram, we're not going to promote that because we'll see the little TikTok um, watermark and we don't want that. So Instagram is the most confusing platform to actually go get popular on because it changes every single day. Hmm. That's, that's good to know. So as someone who works in PR, how do you, how do you navigate different algorithms? Obviously, I mean, no one really knows the algorithm or fully understands the algorithm because, you know, that's a billion dollar secret. But how do you, how do you navigate algorithms? Because it's next to impossible. And the only thing that I have learned about navigating the al uh, algorithms is that the only thing that I can really be in control of is consistency. Mm -hmm. I cannot control what they're going to push day to day, but I can control the idea that if I post once a week, or if I post two times a week or however many times a week I post, as long as I am consistent with what I am doing, something is going to get out there. Now, your content is not by any means controversial, but are you, are you at all concerned about social media censorship for your specific, for your content in particular? I'm not talking like politics here. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that everything can be construed in one way or another. Mm. And especially I feel like during COVID, everything was so sensitive or even now it's like, if you post a photo of you at a concert, people are going to be like, well, did you get tested before the concert? Yeah. And like, you're never going to please everyone. And so the biggest thing I've learned is just like, you have to be true to who you are. And as long as you're true to who you are, maybe you won't have a million followers, but the people that are following you are going to be interested in what you have to say. Are you on TikTok? I am. I, I refuse. <laughs> TikTok scares me. All right, like... I, I'm not good at, I'm good at making content, right? I'm good at making podcasts. I'm good at cutting clips. I'm good at whatever, audio. I'm like, I just, I look at TikTok. And I go, how do these people make these things? I don't understand. I, I'm so, not that old. I'm 20, I'm turning 27 in February, right? Yeah. I'm not that old. I should be able to figure it out, but it's a mystery to me. So the biggest thing with TikTok is that the TikTok algorithm really likes someone with a super duper duper specific niche. So, for example, I stand there and I can post funny videos about my life, but it's not specific. And I always say, I'm like, I, my, my niche on TikTok was being a dumb bitch, but apparently that's not niche enough it's, for TikTok. There's plenty of dumb bitches out there. Right. So then my friend goes out there and she's like, I love Greta Van Fleet. And she's like, I am just going to post TikToks about Greta Van Fleet. And all of a sudden she has like 2000 followers. And I'm like, I don't understand. 
Huh. I'm learning, I'm learning. Okay. Okay. What's what's the secret of Facebook? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep digging here. I'm learning so much. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand Facebook, and Facebook is gonna die one day. But I think the biggest thing on Facebook that people can do is get into groups, and I think that's what you have to do on Facebook yeah. is getting groups and promote to a specific niche on there. It's all about the niche. I went with Twitter because I just pictured Twitter like this. Ah, dartboard. Ah, help me, please. That's that's how I pictured Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is kind of, I think Twitter is kind of just all about being authentic. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fake people figuratively and literally on Twitter. Yeah, but the thing with Twitter is that you don't build a following on Twitter. You're like a one hit wonder on on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, that one thing goes viral. You get that one thing with 10,000 likes and you're like, oh, royalty. Like, what about YouTube? Yeah, and then your next post gets like no likes. What about YouTube? Um, YouTube. That YouTube algorithm, you gotta be corporate media, I know. But other than that, what's the, what's the secret of YouTube? Secret of YouTube is number one, to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And number two, to hop on trends. And I think that is kind of how back in like 2014, how beauty gurus became so popular was that beauty gurus started doing tags. So they'd be like, um, this is the winterlicious tag. And they'd answer a bunch of questions about winter. And then you could search up winterlicious and there'd be a million different videos about it. And so the biggest thing with YouTube is hopping on trends. Okay. All right. I have learned so much. Um, <laughs> so you've answered a lot of my questions about guests. Um, how do you formulate questions for your guests? I kind of follow the same formula Every time I have guests on my show, it's where did you go to school? How did you get into PR? Walk me through your journey. And then kind of just from there, I, my biggest thing is like, I want it to be like a conversation. So I don't like to come up with a bunch of questions beforehand. I kind of just come up with them on the spot. I always have like notepad with me while I'm recording. And I just kind of jot down things as this person speaks. Um, And I kind of just think about like, what do I want to know from them? And I think that's what's gotten me pretty far is that I, I'm also looking to break into the PR space. So I'm kind of in the same demographic as my listeners. So I kind of feel like I know what they want to know. And I kind of just come up with that on the spot. I like that. I I come up with a lot of my own spot. I mean, I do, I do have a giant list of questions here just in case, you know, I, I go to your website, listen to your podcast, come up with questions, but a lot of them are on the spot. I kind of take a left, take a right, do an up hook, uh, right. jab, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever analogy I want to use here. But I like one day when I don't, I'm not doing these in, I have to do these in person and I, I can't have questions in front of me. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, right. <laughs> hopefully that when that day comes, I have a dream guest. So who is, who is your dream guest? I would absolutely love to have um tree Payne on my show she's taylor swift's publicist mm. um i'm a big taylor swift fan so i would love to have tree Payne on my show but i have gotten a lot of requests for um the white house secretary of pr to come on my show and the white house press secretary Jen so. yes and like trump's one too like all of that oh mac McEnany and uh yeah the other one what's her name uh Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, it's kind of been like every White House press secretary. People want me to talk to them because obviously there's secrets that are going to come out of that. But also, 
they're not going to tell me their secrets. So I'm like, sorry. No, they are going to be tight lipped. They're going to, we're going to use that word spin again. They're going to spin you around like a merry go round mm-hmm. in the wind. So, but hey, it's still, it's still, if, I mean, if you can, it's a great get. It's a it's great, a it's a great get. It's a name. A lot of people will listen. A lot of people will watch. Exactly. I hope you ask the right questions, though, because a lot of people who have time with them, don't ask them the right questions. Right. That's a different podcast. And it's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, you have to know what they're going to answer and what they're not going to answer. And that was like, I did, um, when I was in college, my sorority did a Zoom interview with Christy Lukasiak from Dance Moms. And everyone was like, nope, I'm just going to ask her questions. And people are like, oh, why didn't you just like leave the show? And I'm like, guys, that's an easy question. She was contracted into the show. She couldn't just get up and leave. Yeah, it's not- like she signed a contract. I'm like, ask something insightful. I was like, as a mom, what was it like for you? Like, I know you were, you had that contract, you couldn't leave. So as a mom, what was it like for you? Like having put your daughter in that position that you couldn't then just get out of? Like, what was that experience like? I'm like asking the real questions and then everyone's like, um, was, was Abby nice behind, like when she wasn't on camera? Like, don't ask the stupid questions. Yeah. Well, it it can be hard to formulate questions. Like, I've talked to a lot of interesting people on this podcast, talking with Tara Shuck, from a lot of different walks, life, a lot of different spheres, but none of them by any means famous, in quote-unquote. Like, right? Like, if I went to, like, New York City and it's like, hey, do you know, do you know Phil, whatever? They'd be like, what? And then keep walking. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, you know, if I have a dinner with this person, I'm going to really sit down and think, what in God's name can I ask this person that they've never been asked before? Exactly. Like with like with you and PR, say like, okay. Like I don't fully understand what PR is. Like I know of, I know I know what it is, but say like, okay, I need to ask some questions to understand what PR is. What I find generally interesting. Um, but you know, what question can I ask you? You've never been asked before. I don't know. Do you have any dream podcast that you want to be a guest on? Is that something you've ever been asked before? I've never been asked that question. And if I could be on any person's podcast, I would love to be on the I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth podcast that I talked about before. Um, Because it's a very similar concept to my show with the interviews and things like that. But also because she's an influencer that I've watched for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I would love to kind of get the opportunity to ask her back questions. But just like sit down and have a conversation with her. All right. So what's next for you? Five years. What do you see yourself? Um, In five years, I want to... In my personal life, I want to be married um and like have that figured out in my professional life i want to be doing pr for a top level college basketball team um or a top level program well on my way to kind of working with athletes building their own brands and kind of getting into the sphere of what I really wanted you with having my own firm. I love that you said you want to be married first. That's right out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I would have said. Cause Hey, you know, p- career is great, but Hey, my main goal in life is being a dad. So I, I love, I love the, I love that you said that first. So five years, your podcast, where's your podcast going to be right by your side. Yeah. In five years, my podcast is going to have a life of its own 
We're going to have done in-person events. We're going to have had guests. And the ideal thing I really want to do is have a mentor mentorship panel where people can sign up to get mentored by top level executives that we've interviewed on the show. All right. All right, Jamie. Well, I'll be here. I'll be here rooting for you. Um, you. I think I, th- I really enjoyed this conversation. It's about PR and podcasting industry. There's a lot of good clips and a lot of good stuff I'm going to pull from this. Uh, but before we go, last question always goes to the guest. Do you have any questions for me? If you don't, you can always plead the fifth. So I always start my podcast with a hot seat segment where I oh ask boy. people random questions right, so I can just kind of get in their head a little bit. And they're not hard questions. I know. I feel like you're so excited now. They're not hard questions. They're just kind of like icebreaker questions. Not gonna but- lie, I listened to a few episodes and I was hoping this was coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I would want to ask you if you had one free hour every day, how would you go ahead and spend that hour? Oh man. Uh, extra hour of sleep for sure. That's one I've gotten a lot lately. And it wasn't something I got a lot at the beginning of the pandemic because we all had this time in the world to do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's like, can I just sleep? It's either that or if it was an hour that like I knew wouldn't affect me, I would spend it reading. I do not do enough reading. I want to I I read more because like reading generally makes you more intelligent, whether it's like fiction, nonfiction, biography, whatever. I want to spend more time reading. It's just, I have so much stuff to do. I want a fucking business here <laughs> and work a regular job. So it's hard, uh, but definitely sleeping or reading. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with the reading thing. I used to read so much. And especially when I was in between graduating college and starting my job, I read so many books. And now my Kindle has been sitting on my night table dead for like three months. Mm-hmm. I, got mm-hmm. a, I got a full bookshelf of books. It's yelling my name. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. So are, you a, are you like a... You're a physical book reader? Yeah, I don't do the Kindle. Uh, it's it's, it's okay. funny, right? I, I work in, I do podcasts. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Can't do audiobooks either. I need to physically read the book. I can't do audiobooks, but I like my Kindle because I like to read in bed and then I don't have to worry about like a book light or anything like that. And I also like to read in my pool and my Kindle is waterproof and books are not waterproof. That's fair. All right. <laughs> all right. Any more speed round questions or is it all you got? That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. That's totally fine. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Jamie Gerke from the Touching Base PR Edition podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Please tell everyone where they can find you, the podcast, anything you want to plug, my friend. The floor is yours. Oh, so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You can find me on um, Instagram. My Instagram is at Jamie in JPEGs, kind of like JPEG, like a picture. And my TikTok is Jamie in motion. I think that's really funny. Like one's in pictures, one's in motion. And then our podcast Instagram is at touching base PR. And that's where you will find all the links to the rest of our episodes in our show and our website. So definitely that is probably the go-to if you are looking for the touching base PR edition podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one more time. That is Jamie Gerke from the Touching Base PR Edition podcast. And my podcast is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am Will Tash, that is T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. Anything and everything from this podcast, as well as all of our 
other podcasts can be found wherever podcasts are available as well as ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Head over there, find out more from all about us, this podcast, my other podcast, Talking with Tarashek. Head over there. If you hit that donation tab and give me five bucks, I would truly appreciate it. All that money goes to our nonprofit. Uh, that's probably something to be set up at this point, but it will go there. Donations to help the business grow is greatly appreciated. All of our other podcast parties, including the Pitches podcast, the Autism Rocks and Rolls, if you donate to him, it goes to his nonprofit. 100% of the proceeds go straight to his nonprofit. So instead of sending five bucks to me, send five bucks to him and biggestpodcastsolutions.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me at will at APSpodcast.com. That's A-P-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. I like saying dot com like that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I'll get you on. I'll be a guest on the show. So we link to your podcast, why you want to be on. And uh, if I find you interesting, congratulations. You're on the podcast. You have a conversation just like Jamie and I did. It's about PR. Congratulations. You're on. Uh, but until next time, I'll be back because I am Will Tash, the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions with a brand new podcast, talking to a brand new guest with brand new content. And we'll see you there. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. If you want your podcast featured on the show, reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com. You can find more content from all of our APS partners over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. If you liked this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Want to find out more about our guests? Check out the description or anywhere across our social media channels for all of their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all featured podcast clips and more. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time.